This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Today we're going to read the first three verses of Seneca's 30th letter on conquering the conqueror. And in these verses, he's basically introducing a friend of his who he's watching grow old. And he's starting to see that he's getting you know, quite near to the end of his life. His body is falling apart. But nonetheless, there's something that is still able to give him respite. And there's something that's still able to lift his soul. And that thing is philosophy, according to Seneca. And this is an idea that is very similar to something that Carl Jung talked about. You know, Carl Jung believed that you could, uh, and I believe I've actually talked about this in an episode prior to this in the same series, so I'm sorry if you're hearing this for the second time, but he talked about this idea that uh, essentially you could look at your life as if it were a day, right? You know, what happens in a day? Okay, so the morning the sun starts to rise, you know, you're born, you start to gather strength right? And for the first half of your life, it's almost like you're the sun, you know, gaining strength and strength and strength and, you know, uh, uh, you know, really getting uh, that, that energy for your life. You know, it's the time of your life when uh, you have that real motivation to go out there and to conquer the world and to, um, you know, pursue the things that would be meaningful for you and you have that energy. But then there comes that point in the middle of the day where the sun stops getting stronger and it starts now declining uh, until it's inevitable uh, falling below the horizon, right? And so you can think about that as the second half of our lives where really our bodies are declining. You know, we are going downwards in terms of our physical health and our strength. But nonetheless, that second half of our lives, according to Jung, was the time when, you know, it was less about kind of the setting up your life and that high energy moment. It was less about that and more about finding a deeper uh, a sense of wisdom about the fact that you're going to soon die. It was about coming to terms with some of the uh, bigger questions that we all wrestle with in life. And so, of course, this isn't, you know, it's not as if you have to wait until the second of half of your life to pursue philosophy, but uh, it's, it's certainly an interesting way to look at our lives that we need to find some way, whether it's through philosophy or religion or... Um, getting more heavily involved in our community and having a support group around us, you know, these are ways that we can really fortify ourselves against the inevitable, uh, you know, bodily decline that will befall all of us in the second half of our lives. And so hopefully you can see the same kind of thread that flows through Seneca's writings in these few verses, where he really is saying that even despite the inevitable uh, tragic decline in life, there are things like philosophy that can keep our spirits high and can keep us engaged with life. So anyway, he says the following, quote, I have beheld Ophidius Bassus, the noble man, shattered in health and wrestling with his years. But they already bear upon him so heavily that he cannot be raised up. Old age has settled down upon him with great, yes, with its entire weight. You know that his body was always delicate and sapless. For a long time he has kept it in hand, or to speak more correctly, has kept it together. Of a sudden it has collapsed. 
Just as in a ship that springs a leak, you can always stop the first or second fissure, but when many holes begin to open and let in water, the gaping hull cannot be saved. Similarly, in an old man's body, there is a certain limit up to which you can sustain and prop its weakness. But when it comes to resemble a decrepit building, when every joint begins to spread and while one is being repaired the other falls apart, then it is time for a man to look about him and consider how he may get out. But the mind of our friend Bassus is active. Philosophy bestows this boon upon us. It makes us joyful in the very sight of death, strong and brave no matter in what state the body may be, cheerful and never failing though the body may fail us. A great pilot can sail even when his canvas is rent. If his ship be dismantled, he can yet put in trim what remains of her hull and hold her to her course. This is what our friend Bassus is doing. And he contemplates his own end with the courage and countenance which you would regard as undue indifference in a man who so contemplated another's. End quote. So don't you just love these words from Seneca? You know, he encourages us with these words to uh, use philosophy as a, as a means by which we can face boldly and courageously the inevitable suffering of life, which is just, uh, it's good news, right? It's good news that we have something that can help us to get through these things because life will bring just, you know, immeasurable suffering to so many people, uh, if not everybody, at some point, you know, and so we, we really need to, we need to pay attention to the things in life that can allow us to, uh, to have a sense of calm and peace amid the storms of life. And I want to, I want to focus on the kind of metaphors that Seneca uses, because he's often using this metaphor of the ship on the sea, right, of, you know, he says that philosophy is the thing that can, uh, you know, lead us to safe harbor, you know, safe harbor is that kind of destination of philosophy. In these analogies, what he's saying is, you know, firstly, that the old man's body, it's kind of like this ship that has, you know, one hole and then two holes and then three and then four and then five. And then all of a sudden, you know, the whole hull is just, you know, uh, bursting with water. And that's essentially what's happening with the body as it declines is we're slowly realizing maybe this is something that I don't get to control and that it's just, you know, now I need to find a way to escape these inevitable trials of my body, which is what he's saying here, right? He uses that analogy. He says uh, that, that his friend is looking about him and considering how he may get out, right? But what does this mean, right? What does this mean? It means uh, that we are, you know, we are faced with an onslaught in our lives of these these kind of declines, right? This, this death of our body. Um, I'm reminded of something that a comedian used to say on the cruise ship when I was working on there. Uh, he'd said that one of the great things about getting old or one of the terrible things about getting old is is that you don't even have to do anything to get an injury you just go to sleep and you wake up and you've got a new injury of some sort right and so Seneca is talking about this stage in your life where you get to that understanding that you know it's the point of no return this is this is my life now is declining until death and that knowledge that you're going towards death or getting a lot closer than you may have been at other times in your life 
should point you to the question, well, what do I have at my disposal to help me to get through this inevitable, you know, uh, perilous reality that I'm now in, right? Uh, which you've always been in, right? Uh, and according to Seneca, and certainly according to myself, that is philosophy. You know, the saying in the Bible is, uh, men do not live off bread alone. Well, that's true. We also live off philosophy and theology and culture and art and music and and community and family and all these things that we can bring around us that can help us to get through the inevitable trials of life. That is the stuff that we also live off, right? And we need to recognize that. And so Seneca goes on to talk about this. He gives us this further, you know, this metaphor um, about the the skilled pilot, right, of the ship, who even if there's cracks in the hull, right, he's able to piece it together, right, and, and make sure that he can just safely guide it into the destination. And so, again, this is about how can we put the pieces together for our lives and make sure that even if our body is falling apart, even if we're facing all kinds of external challenges, right, challenges of the body, challenges outside of ourselves as well, uh, even amidst those circumstances, we can put the pieces of ourselves together and guide ourselves to a safe harbor uh, where we will be able to uh, experience a little bit more calm on this perilous journey called life. And so with that said, keep that metaphor in your mind. Philosophy is the thing that gets us to put the pieces of our life together. It, you know, it, 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 it mends the holes in our hull, right? It mends the patches that have been ripped in our sails, right? And, and if we can do that with philosophy, uh, then we can guide ourselves safely to a destination of eudaimonia, that flourishing life, that flourishing existence, that meaningful existence where the suffering of life is justified. All right. And so I'm going to leave it there. I hope you've enjoyed this and I will talk to you in the next episode. <laughs>